Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you all here on this wet Sunday morning. We need the rain, uh, even though it does cause a pain in the butt for people to get here. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We're here. We're here gathering. We're here to worship. Uh, we've got another service that they can come attend, so we're good to go this morning. So as we have come this morning, uh, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So take a look at the back of your bulletin, and let's look at the things that are going on. Uh, you will see there our ongoing schedule. Uh, we are uh, and will be switching over to just an 11 o'clock only service next week, uh, so please be aware of that. Uh, you know, the men and women will not meet again until January, so take note of those dates. Our growth group will meet tomorrow at 6.30, uh, and then our Advent study group will meet Tuesday at 7. Uh, and then on the 23rd at 6 o'clock, we're going to have our candlelight service. We will be inside to begin with. Uh, we will be celebrating communion that, uh, that evening, uh, and then we'll be making our way out here for the ending of that service. So please be aware of that. Please dress and bring appropriate clothing for that. With the way the weather is, we don't know if it's going to be 70 or it's going to be 20. So just be aware of the weather uh, on the 23rd uh, for that so that uh, when we get ready to come out here, <coughs> you'll be prepared for that. Uh, and that is all the news that I have uh, as far as what's going on. Is there any other... Uh, stuff that we need to be made aware of this morning. Just to add to the busyness of Christmas where we just keep on trucking, right? Keep on trucking. Well, let us uh, begin our time this morning with prayer. So let us pray. God of joyous expectation, come to us this day. May the miracles in our lives fill us with wonder. May an encounter with your goodness and grace cause our hearts to leap within us. Receive us into the arms of your mercy, that we may feel you near us and rest secure in your many blessings. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning uh, is, O Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, and we're going to sing along with Carrie Underwood this morning. So if you'll pull out your insert, you'll see the words there. Let us uh, sing this morning.
Amen. As we have gathered here this morning, we are celebrating the fourth Sunday in Advent and the reading for today's Advent candle lighting comes from Micah chapter 5 verses 2 through 5. As for you, Bethlehem of Ephrath, through though you are the least significant of Judah's forces, one who is to be a ruler in Israel on my behalf will come out from you. His origin is from remote times, from ancient days. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor gives birth. The rest of his kin will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They will dwell secure, because he will surely become great throughout the earth. He will become one of peace. Sometimes when we are trying something new, or when we are facing a difficult decision, or when we want to celebrate something, or even when we just feel lost and alone and uncertain about life, the universe, and everything, we need a blessing. We don't always think of it that way or would or word it like that. We say we need advice or support or companions or someone to come alongside beside and lift us up again so we can see more than the tops of our shoes. We seek a blessing. For many of us, we go home. We ask mom, we talk to dad or brothers and sisters, close friends, those who we grew up with, those who know us best. We want them alongside. We want them to be in they want to be in their presence. Somehow, we know that being there, being home, will make all things better. Maybe it won't be fixed or solved or wished away, but at least we won't be alone. We seek a blessing. Mary, faced with an incomprehensible burden and gift, ran to Cousin Elizabeth's house looking for someone who knew a little of what she was going through, looking for a place to hide until the reality of her condition could become something real. And she received a blessing. The prophet Micah spoke of a blessing coming to an unexpected place, an unassuming town. Yet, by God's grace, would become the means through which God would bless the whole world. Bethlehem, the little town, a blessing. We seek a blessing. We light these candles, the candle of hope, of peace, of joy, and today, love, as a sign that we know blessing, and we know waiting for blessing to be felt and lived. We light these candles as a sign that we still seek a blessing. It's time to go home.
this morning we have uh, the choir who is going to sing for us. So I'm going to invite all of those members to come forward now.
oh, how wonderful and beautiful it is to have those special music in that songs once again. As we have gathered this morning, we have gathered with people that are on our hearts and our minds. Uh, so we now take time to lift up those joys and those concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. So who or what do we have to add this morning? I can't hear you. <laughs> Nancy. Nancy. Okay. Others this morning. Chandlerwood. Chandlerwood. Any others? Ron will say thank you to the rain, even though we can't hear very well, at least we can hear good enough. I am thankful for the beautiful noise that it makes on a good old tin roof. So if I fall asleep during my sermon, just throw something at me and I'll wake up. Well, let us, uh, let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning, so let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful the wonderful noise that rain makes. We are so thankful for the blessings that you have given us. We're thankful that we can come and gather in this dry space and worship. Lord, as we have come to this last Sunday, this, this last Sunday before Christmas, before we celebrate your holy birth, Lord, we are thankful. But Lord, we come from a world that is just in turmoil, a world where there is hurt and there is pain, where there is loss, where there is hunger. So Lord, we bring these things to You. Lord, we bring every name that is on the prayer list, we bring every name that is on our minds and our hearts, Lord, this morning. We especially pray for those this season that are having to go through this time maybe without a loved one. We come to You asking for healing for those who are sick, for those who are in the hospital. We offer prayers and thanksgiving over the doctors and the nurses and the caretakers. But Lord, this morning we come just to be in Your presence. And Lord, we just let the rain say our prayers for us. Lord, as we come, we come with those who have said the prayer to the generations before us. We come to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for Thy is the kingdom of our glory. This morning, 
the lectionary again did not give us a psalm to read, but we do have a uh, statement of faith. So let us say this statement together. We are an Advent people, a people of hope. For us, we wait for the coming of the one who is the fulfillment of God's promise, the fulfillment of hope, the declaration that we have been redeemed. We know that hatred and violence will continue to exist. We know that separation will But because we are an Advent people, we know that none of these things will win in the end. And in our waiting and our hoping, as we continue this morning, we are grateful for all the offerings and the gifts that have been given uh, as our response to the gifts that God has given us. So let me offer this prayer this morning over those gifts and offerings. Glorious God, source of every good gift, bless our tithes and offerings this day. May they lift up the lowly, fill the hungry with good things, and bring strength and mercy to those in need. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our message text this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke. And we're at the beginning in Luke 1, verses 39 through 45. Hear now the Gospel according to Luke. Mary got up and hurried to a, uh, to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child wept in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and He has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promise He made to her. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Holy God, we have heard Your Scriptures read this morning. We have sung Your praises. Now we come to hear what else You have to say to us today. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today, today is all about love. That's where we're at in the Advent cycle. This last 
Sunday of Advent is love. And we pick up today in the middle of a story. This morning we hear the story of Mary going to visit her relative Elizabeth. Now this section of Scripture is commonly referred to as the visitation. But just before today's Scripture in verses 26-38, it is the storytelling of Jesus' birth by the angel Gabriel. And then just after this verse, in verses 46-55, is Mary's song, Mary's response, Mary's Magnificat. Now not only did the angel Gabriel tell Mary that she was going to be the mother of God incarnate, Gabriel also told her that her relative Elizabeth was pregnant. Now this was in response to Mary's question of how she was going to be able to conceive and bear a child because she was a virgin. But basically, Gabriel is telling Mary that nothing is impossible for God. So here we are, in the middle of this story of absurdity, in this story of wildness. And in the middle of this, we can enter into and express the joy, the amazement, the foolishness, and danger enacted in the encounter between Mary and Elizabeth. See, here we come face to face with the upside-down world inaugurated by the incarnation of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. Charles Campbell calls this scene absurd. This whole part of this, this coming of the Messiah who will redeem Israel is anticipated and proclaimed, but not by archangels or high priests or emperors or even ordained preachers. Rather, two marginalized pregnant women, one who is young, poor, and unwed, the other far beyond the age to conceive, meet in the hill country of Judea to celebrate and possibly commiserate about their miraculous pregnancies. Here we have a baby leaps in the womb, blessings are shared, astonishment is expressed, songs are sung by two pregnant women. The story is not only odd and joyful, it is fleshy, it is embodied, it is earthy, it is appropriate as a forerunner to the Incarnation. See, incarnation, which derives from the Latin root carn, which means flesh, which is also the root for carnival. In the woman's actions, the world is indeed turned upside down. Hierarchies are subverted. The mighty are brought down. And two marginalized pregnant women carry the future and proclaim the Messiah. Now in a time, as these two women were living, women weren't worth anything. They were property. They could not do anything on their own. Yet God comes and shakes the world up. God brings what humanity calls absurd into reality. Mary, who is a descendant of no one worth mentioning, not described as righteous or blameless, who lives in Nazareth, and what good can come out of Nazareth, Mary is unmarried, and her pregnancy actually lowers her status. 
and will most likely lead to her being socially marginalized and ostracized by her community, if not exiled or stoned to death. Mary, Mary is the chosen one to conceive and bear the Son of the Most High. But can you imagine what was going through Mary's head? We know the song, we hear the song. Mary, did you know? Did you know? But what did Mary actually know and what did Mary not actually know? What she did know makes the story even more absurd. Here we have Gabriel that told Mary that her child will be called Son of the Most High, will be given the throne of David his father, will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom, that he will be called God's Son. But what she didn't know was that his kingdom is not of this world, that her child would heal, would teach, would suffer, and die, but rise again. Mary, did you know? But without knowing all the details, without knowing every little piece of this, what did Mary do? Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. That's absurd. Who in their right mind would agree to do something if you didn't have the majority of the details? I don't think I would. I wouldn't want to do something knowing just how little Mary did. But yet she said, let it be so. And immediately Mary got up and went to see Elizabeth. Now this journey would have taken probably around nine or ten days to get there. She would have traveled with a caravan. She definitely would not have been alone at this point. But why? Why did Mary journey to see Elizabeth? What was Mary looking for? Was Mary seeking confirmation of Elizabeth's pregnancy that she was told by Gabriel? Did Mary trust Gabriel? And did she actually believe Gabriel that Elizabeth was pregnant and decided to go and help Elizabeth during her pregnancy for the last three months? Or did Mary go to seek counsel? from an elder relative? Did Mary just want to get out of town so that she could not have to deal with what comes in being an unwed pregnant mother? Now we don't know and what the reasoning behind it is, but I believe it is important to actually go and ask these kind of questions. To Mary is one of God's creation. And by asking and thinking about these questions, we remember that she was just like us. She was just someone that was going about her daily business, but God decided to make her special. And God said, you are going to be the one who brings about, brings about the salvation through your son. That's what made Mary special, was that she was a child of God. That she would have had worries for her relative and for herself. Pregnancy back in those days did not have the greatest mortality rates. 
And she would have to put up with the insults and the degradation and all that comes from being an unwed pregnant mother from the very community that she grew up in. So this visit, this visit of Mary to Elizabeth is a vital part of Jesus' story and the prophecy of His coming. According to Stephen Cooper, Elizabeth comes the first, becomes the first human witness to the good news the angel Mary brought Mary in the Annunciation. This meeting between these two women is about the confirmation of hope, the fulfillment of a promise. Now there is no priest or king or prophet that is told that, that brings this information in the story. Rather, Elizabeth functions as the de facto prophet. Michael Bennett says, prompted by the Holy Spirit, she articulates for Mary an outline of the special role the younger kinswoman has been called to play. Elizabeth's prophetic witness also encourages and strengthens Mary. Bennett continues, what began as a simple visit to the home of a sideline priest in the hill country issues forth in a pronouncement of global, political, and economic importance. And here we are, among the marginalized with Elizabeth and Mary. God gives Mary and Elizabeth two things they each lacked. Community and connection. God removes their isolation and helps them to understand themselves more fully as part of something larger than their individual destinies. Together, they are known, they know more fully and begin to see more clearly than they do as individuals. And here we are on this fourth Sunday at Advent in this place, away from the crowds, away from the hustle and bustle, away from the consumerism that has just gripped this world. Here we are waiting and preparing for the coming of Jesus, God's Son. 21 months ago, this world was turned on its head. Change came fast and frequent. We longed and grasped for a place of safety and familiarity. We looked to the church and it was changing just as fast as society was. We had to do online worship, outside worship, Sunday school was put on hold, Bible and book studies were no more, fundraisers were canceled or were postponed, and meetings were stopped. Anger, frustration, anxiety, and fear took hold. Yet, yet here we are gathered in worship. Here we are because a young, unwed woman agreed to be a servant of the Lord. It may be absurd the way that we are doing things right now, but not as absurd as our God putting on flesh and walking among us. You see, our small story of just the last 21 months connects to the larger stories of God. But have our actions and our words been Holy Spirit driven or have they been selfishly motivated? Have we taken time to reflect 
on our actions and words? Have we sought and given forgiveness? Are we loving each other the way that we have been commanded to love? This Advent season, we have not heard the standard birth narrative through the four Sundays. What we have heard is the call of John from the wilderness. A call to repentance, a call of hope, a call of peace, a call of joy, a call of love. It's also a call to be part of the absurd and foolishness that is of God. Are we brave enough? Are we brave enough in the midst of the uncertainty and the not knowing what is coming next to say, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be as the Lord commands. Are we ready for the topsy-turvy absurdity and foolishness of the birth of the incarnate Jesus, the Word made flesh. Let it be as the Lord commands. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is joy to the world and what joy it is to bring. And this morning, we're going to sing along with Jewel. Uh, Jewel is Jana's favorite artist, and we just found out this past week she was on Mass Singer and won. So this morning, we are going to sing joy to the world, and let's sing it joyfully as we sing along with Jewel this morning.
world. As we close our time together in this beautiful space under this wonderful tin roof that is extremely loud with just a little bit of rain, receive this benediction as we read it together. Go forth and be, and be Christ's hope to the world. Go forth and bear the mystery of God before others. Go forth and bless the world. And may the forces of evil become confused.